This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon. As on typically on Tuesdays, we deal with marriage and relationship issues. But today we take a break from that to talk to a real movie star businesswoman who's got an incredible story to hear. Let me just thank you for tuning in. No matter how you hear the show today, just know that we prayed for you. We prayed that something we say today will cause you to stop and really think about how you connect your faith to your work. You know, we've all heard about corporate values, core values, value statements, value propositions, values, values, values. What are the values if they are upheld will make a biggest impact on employees, customers, and vendors. What's really important about those values? That they're formulated, that they're written, that they're posted on the walls all around your office? No, no, no. We all know that values are valued when they're lived out by the leaders in any organization. Top-down examples flow through a company like a flash flood runs down a mountain. When a company lives and breathes its core values, employees flourish, and therefore customers and vendors flourish too. Is it a biblical principle? Absolutely. Is it a kingdom principle? Absolutely, yes. Today, Dina Dwyer Owens joins us from the Dwyer Group. The Dwyer Group is a parent company of eight franchises, such as Mr. Reuter and Mr. Electric. Dina serves as the co-chairman of the board of the Dwyer Group, and she was featured in an outstanding episode of Undercover Boss back in 2012. It brought both Martha and I to tears. This vaulted her company and her values to the media forefront along with her. Why? Because Dina lived out those values in front of millions of people and transparently as she secretly served under franchise operations. Dina has just released her latest book, Values, Inc. Dina Dwyer Owens, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim. I am blessed to be with you today. And we got Martha on here with us too. Dina, I didn't know if you caught that before we got you connected up. Oh, hi, Martha. Hi. We're I have to say, I think that might have been one of the longest introductions you've ever done. So <laughs> I, that was great, though. I mean, there is so much to share, and we really want people to know up front who we're talking to. So I commend you on that, Jim. I just thought it was kind of cute. Wow. My own wife's giving me a hard time getting right on the air. <laughs> but really, your episode back in 2012 really not only put the Dwyer Group on the map, I know it was already on the map, I know you have franchise operations all over the country, but your transparent leadership that day was incredible, well, those days that you did it, uh, I don't know about the makeup, I don't. I, didn't, I never really bought you know the whole, you know, dark, not really dark hair person, but what I loved was your transparency in that you really then communicate that all in your brand new book, Values, Inc. I just, I'm so excited to share with the I Work For Him audience, it's a, a, a a woman of your caliber that is living and breathing this and sharing it and multiplying it across the country. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, I, again, I am uh, privileged. And as you were talking, I'm thinking, you know, God gets all the credit for all of this. I could pretend like it was my responsibility and that I'm the one who did such a good job on the this show and, and all of that. But uh, the whole story behind the show was God had a plan. And boy, has it worked out to be quite a plan. I mean, he used it as a huge marketing piece for you guys, which I'm sure that's not why you were doing it, but you were, you literally took it serious. You're like, I want to find out what's really going on at the franchise level. And, and, 
and the tears and the I mean it was awesome absolutely awesome oh, Joshua I don't know if you knew that uh, I also qualified for the first epic bosses uh, episode so they picked 10 of some 50 some odd bosses um they were the most memorable and I thought yeah cuz I cried the most cuz I am kind <laughs> of a, <laughs> an emotional person so I probably shed the most tears cuz I I love people and um, the people I had the privilege of working with were so good and so real and, and transparent themselves. So uh, the, that whole episode was, was a gift um, to me and to our company. Well, what I love the best is when you're unloading the hot water heater out the back of the truck and the guy <laughs> says, you want some help? Nope, I got it. I can handle the hot water heater. No big deal. I, I just, I must, it was... I admit, I, I thought about my, my, uh, my sister. She's my older sister, but she's all of maybe 110 pounds, and there is no way she'd let anybody help her with that. So I thought, hey, look, if Debbie could do this, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to ask for any help. <laughs> so I hope we have people intrigued to go back and watch the episode. It's out there on Netflix. Yeah. I know that I went back and rewatched it again. I, I just... That show, it, it, Undercover Boss, brings us to tears every time we watch it because of just the, the neat things that you get to do in, in blessing people and in finding out the reality of what's really going on behind the scenes. I, I, it's, it's what a great – every it, business owner should get that privilege. You're right. It, it's a powerful uh, opportunity, and it's in its eighth season, which is pretty amazing. And one, one thing I've got to tell you and Martha and, and the listeners is that um, – we weren't invited to be on the show. Nobody was knocking on our door saying, hey, we want the Dwyer Group to be on the show because we've never branded the Dwyer Group historically. We now have a, a new overarching brand called Neighborly, and maybe we'll talk about that later. But um, a couple of my friends had been on the show, and I thought, now, what a wonderful opportunity. We need to ask if we can be on it. And so we, we actually did our homework, and we found out that um, – the viewers were, were wanting more people of color and more women as CEOs. So I qualified, right, a woman mm. at that time running the uh, male-dominated business. But we also studied most of the um, two seasons prior to us contacting them, and we found that only two bosses even mentioned the word values in their entire episode. And it was within a, a sentence or two. And my, my mission for going undercover was to find out where our values really making it to the front lines. And, and the, the interesting part about this is, they go through, uh, if I understood them correctly, 80 CEOs to find one that they'll get on the show. And it's not so much because they're not all qualified or capable of being on the show, but most of them say no. Most of the CEOs don't want to be in a vulnerable position, uh-huh. and their boards, because many of them are large companies, their boards are like, there's no way we're going to expose our company that way, where I'm like knocking on the door saying, hello, <laughs> would you consider the <laughs> Dwyer Group? We have a great story. We really want to find out if the values are at work. And, and in my mind, the worst that could happen is we'd uncover something that wasn't going well, mm-hmm. and we would implement our values to fix the problem. So what a great opportunity to really prove how values do work. So let's talk about where you got those values. How did you become a follower of Jesus? Yeah, well, it goes back to being raised by an, an amazing mother and father. And I, and I will have to say my father was very busy raising six kids and having to provide for six kids. He worked a lot. Um, and my mother was, you know, the one who stayed home and took care of us. But she made sure we, you know, we attended Mass every Sunday. She made sure we went to CC and got all of our sacraments. So as a, as a young child, um, I became a believer because... That's just how I was raised, you know, and we were to um, always respect that. Uh, so I'm so grateful for my mom and dad both, but my mother in particular made sure we always made it to Mass when he was traveling and uh, attending all of our catech- catechism classes. Hmm. Yes, and you got to get those things down. I, I, I love that. I, I grew up in a neighborhood where all my friends were doing that. I'm like, what are you doing? How come it's every, what, what, every week? What's the deal? <laughs> so you mentioned in an article that I found written about you out there somewhere that 
your your that your number one mentor is Jesus, and then your dad. Uh, and I love that. How does it work to have Jesus as a mentor? Well, if you think about it, Jesus is the greatest leadership role model of all times. If if anybody's read the Gospels out there, they know it. And so when I think about who better to follow than the greatest leadership role model of all times, and so in my mind, he is my mentor. And and believe me, I I'm the one that the priest or the preacher is always talking to <laughs> during the <laughs> sermons because I need so much help, right? I always got to get better. And and so I just find that if I stay focused on, um, I guess, the old bracelet, what would Jesus do? It's a great way to think about uh, decision-making, but our values support that. Our values, as you said earlier, are biblically based. I mean, we don't, we're not preaching the Bible as we promote and instill the values, but we're living the Bible. I've had many people that are part of our organization say, you know, you guys really live what the Bible is. And we're not perfect at it. So I, I want to also say far, far from perfect. It starts with me being a very imperfect human um, and, and an organization that strives to live up to these values, but we'll never be perfect at it. It's always a work in progress. So the Dwyer Group, or as you call it, neighborly brands, what are those eight brands that you guys have? Oh, gosh, it's not eight anymore. Now you're going to really challenge me, so I'm going to have to count on my fingers. Nobody can see me doing this. So it started with (laughs) Rainbow International, which is a a restoration and carpet cleaning company, and then Mr. Reuter, which is plumbing and drain cleaning. Um, Then we started a company called AirServe, heating and air conditioning, Mr. Electric. Uh, Then we went to Mr. Appliance, the Glass Doctor, Grounds Guys, uh, Molly Made, Mr. Handyman, Protect Painters, Five Star Painting, uh, Window Genie, and then internationally we've got uh, several other brands, Locatech, and, and then we've got a company-owned operations called Portland Glass up in the Northeast in the New England area. Mm-hmm. So we have 17, 17 franchise brands today, and I probably missed a few of our international ones. We'll let you uh, think about that while we're on break. And, and really, when you said when you said the grounds guys, I could p- just picture you on that lawnmower almost <laughs> running over the guy that's teaching you. Dina, you've just released your book, Values comma inc values inc you you i imagine you spend a lot of time it's all based on your four major code of values that your group of dwyer group franchises not only displays but lives out each and every day across the country where did these code of values come from yeah well our uh founder was my father don dwyer and in 1981 when he founded the company he knew he had to start with very clear values. Uh, he had studied great leaders his whole life and learned one of the things that all great leaders had in common was they had clarity of values. They wrote those values down, and they worked hard to live those values every day. Mm-hmm. So when he passed away of a sudden heart attack, after just taking the company public, um, this was in 1994, uh, we knew one of our greatest challenges was to keep this culture special was to keep the values front and center. So we took what Don called his code of values, and we operationalized them. Today we call it living rich, and the rich is uh, the, the four areas, core areas, so respect, integrity, customer focus, and, of course, one of my favorites, having fun in the process. <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, sometimes you have a hard time I, watching you on the lawnmower for the grounds guys. You were having a good time. I'm not sure the ground guy <laughs> that was training you was having fun. I think he was scared to death. <laughs> I, I've got to tell you, Jim, there's a bonus clip that most viewers haven't seen, so they could probably find it on the Undercover Boss um, main site. And it's a bonus clip of me. Um, actually, in that part, I was past the lawnmower, and I was working with a hedger, and I, they were having me cut a weeping willow tree. And at the end, they interview him, and he goes, I thought I was going to lose a limb. So he, <laughs> ah. 
and, and maybe he said that in the main in the main show too around the lawnmower but oh my goodness the kid was scared of me yeah, I, it was fun. And we're going to talk more about that episode after the bottom of the half hour. I really want to make sure people are aware of this great book. And I want to, I want three things I really want to accomplish. And you can tell me whether you want to accomplish them or not. But I really want people to get to know you. But I want people to, to know there's a lot of people out there going, you know, I've always thought about starting my own business, but where do I go to choose a franchise? And if they could find a franchise that's run by a, a, a Christ follower that really wants to glorify God and just do excellent work, this is a really great solution for people. And I, I want people to know about it because not every franchise offers that opportunity. Mm, so are, yeah. are, do you, I mean, do you have open franchise opportunities in other parts of the country? I we, mean, it, we do. We, we, we do. In fact, uh, one of the greatest gifts of the Undercover Boss episode, and it continues to air and re-air. Every, every week I get something from a viewer who's just seen it for the first time, but we have awarded so many franchises to great people who saw the episode and said, I want to be part of something like that. And again, we're not a perfect company, but people can tell we are real and we do strive to live up to the values. So we have what we call a lot of white space. Even though we have 2,800 franchisees now in 11 countries, we still have a lot of opportunity in North America, so the United States and Canada, as well as in uh, these other countries that we're developing our brands. And we have 16 distinct franchise brands. So everything from uh, Mr. Reuter, which is our plumbing and, and drain cleaning, to Molly Made. So ones that require licensure and you know in, in understanding the trades and others that don't require that at all. And we'd like nothing more than for your listeners to check us out. Then come to my website at dinadwyerowens.com and uh, check out more about the franchise information. It's a it's a process that's not threatening. If you're interested in learning more, simply just come to my website and you know click on uh, more about franchising, and we'd be happy to to educate you on what are the opportunities, where are the opportunities, uh, because somebody might be living somewhere today thinking, you know, but I really like to live in a country that's, or a part of the country that's not so cold <laughs> this time of the year. And so they might want to check into another part of the country um, that is more uh, interesting to them. So we'd yeah. love, love to entertain anybody who's got an interest in learning more about a franchise opportunity. So I'm curious if people want to, other than, you know, They'll listen to the show today and get a little taste of um, you and the business and, and the heart and the values. Is the book a really good next step to get to know um, what you lay up for all of your companies? Yes. Um, values, Inc., and, and again, my tagline is how incorporating values into your business and life can change the world. So if, if there's even a listener out there that's not interested in uh, business ownership, this applies to anybody. It can be a, a single mother. It can be somebody running a not-profit, not-for-profit organization or somebody that's running their own business. So the book really lays out um, some specific detail about what do we mean by respect? What does that look like in, in an organization or at home? Uh, what do we mean a bit by integrity? So I think where many organizations where leaders sometimes fail is they use words to describe their values, but then they don't give a clear explanation of what they mean by those words. Mm -hmm. And we're dealing with a new generation. You think about the millennials, and now there's another one after that. I forget what they're calling them. Um, you know, they, they might define respect differently than Jim, you, and Martha might define mm -hmm. respect. So at Dwyer, what we've done is said, this is what we mean by respect. What we mean by respect is speaking calmly and respectfully without profanity or sarcasm. We mean acknowledging everyone is right from their own perspective. Um, we mean respond timely. So, you know, we get very clear about what we mean by respect. So it's not left up to any of our employees or franchisees to decide what they think 
respect is. And, and I think that's one of the great things that the listeners can take home if they were to read the book is to really drill down into understanding how do you take your values to a whole new level and really practice them at home and at work. Well, and let's so let's dig a little let's dig a little a little into these four core values, these four code of values that you guys live by. So let's talk about respect because because you have there's a great story in there. But I want to just ask a couple of questions. I, I I'm just picturing um, as these guys are reciting them at the beginning. I can't remember which franchise it was, but they were they're all the guys stand up and then they had everybody recite the 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 code of values before they headed out for the day. Which which one of your franchises was the the guy actually? They, they all had to memorize them and they're all saying them out loud. Do I have that memorized right in the show? Okay, forget that. Right, you do. You yeah. do. One of the things that, that we've done that makes it work at Dwyer, because I think there are uh, – most organizations have a clearly written code of values or code of ethics. The problem is is they don't put them to work, and it's not because they're not good leaders. I think what happens is most people are overwhelmed with, now, how do I put this to action? How do I make this become part of our DNA here in our organization? And what a franchise company does is we take what's most important – and we create systems around that so that those systems can be replicated. So with the values, after our founder passed away, we created the new operationalized values. We said, what system can we put in place so that these don't die with the next CEO? Mm-hmm. And so anytime we have a meeting of three or more of our team members or our franchisees, our vendors are included in this, we slow down. It's like taking a deep breath, and we review the values, sometimes all 15 in our case. Sometimes we'll focus on one that maybe we really need to work on. Maybe we've gotten some feedback. We're not doing so good at it. So what you witnessed was a franchisee of Mr. Reuter in Atlanta, Georgia, starting his meeting off by reviewing the values with his entire tech team. And, and that was powerful. A little militaristic, oh, yeah. but powerful. I really liked it. Well, <laughs> a lot of them that. were veterans. Yeah, right. so we don't ask our franchisees to do it in a military fashion, but, <laughs> um, you know, what if you're somebody who hires a lot of veterans, which we would encourage, um, that might be very comfortable for your organization. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so you you write a story in the respect section of the show, or of the book, Values, Inc., sorry. Okay, the, show, the show is powerful, but at, you know, we're talking about your book, Values, Inc., by Dina Dwyer Owens. You guys got to get a copy of this. We'll give away a couple copies after the bottom of the half hour. You write a story about Patrick and how he shows respect to a neighbor one day after work. We have this, uh, had this wonderful neighbor who had been between our buildings. Her little house just stayed nestled between uh, all of our buildings, and she was getting very fragile. Um, so she was coming out one day, I think, to take her garbage out and uh, just collapsed. She was just weak in the legs. And Patrick happened to walk by and saw her on the ground just feeling defeated. And uh, he went by and helped her up and w- was very careful to make sure he retained her modesty because her dress was really not well-fitted. She had lost so much weight. And he helped her back in the house and sat her back down and spent some time with her. Um, and, of course, she kept talking. <laughs> the story goes that she was so grateful to have somebody who cared about her. Then she wanted to pay him. And Patrick's like, oh, no, 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 ma'am. We'd, you know, I would never accept the money from you. I'm just grateful that you're okay. And if there's anything else I can do, please let me know. So here's a story of a, an actually is one of our leaders in our franchise development department, who took the time to stop and let another human being know that they were valuable. Mm-hmm. And this lady uh, never forgot that. And uh, we have something called Rich Awards at Dwyer, so employees can nominate other employees when they believe that they've demonstrated living rich, uh, living the values. And Patrick was nominated for a Liverage Award, and, and of course he, he won it uh, because he, he just demonstrated exactly what we mean by living our values. And, and he did it, and he gave her time to talk, because that's what most of our old neighbors want to do. They just want somebody to talk to. 
please. Yeah, just listen to me. I've got mm. nobody to talk to. Yeah. How have you seen promoting respect, really quickly, in 30 seconds or less, well, how have you seen respect impact, as you promote respect, impact your company? Every day. I mean, every day it impacts our company. Uh, one of the great things about the way that we, we do our system of reviewing the values constantly is we can hold one another accountable, too. So if we find that maybe somebody is, is showing a lack of respect, we have the responsibility to hold them accountable to that. Hmm. Dina Dwyer Owens was the star of a an Undercover Boss episode back in 2012. Dina, talk about that experience. What was the biggest thing that you learned about yourself while undercover? As I can't remember your character. I forgot to write it down. It was Faith, right? Faith Brown. Faith Brown. Faith there you Brown. go. Faith. So that tells the whole story, Jim. <laughs> so what had happened is, again, we approached um, Studio Lambert, the production company, and then they worked with CBS on approving us um, to be on the episode. But, uh, you know, I prayed a lot as I was going into this whole process, you know, just asking God to keep me humble, that it wasn't about me. It was about um, the people that we get to work with in our company, and there's lots of them, and the customers that we get to serve every day, and how do we, how do we get better at that? So I took it very seriously, and I'll never forget the morning that they were coming in to, um, to do what's called a casting interview. And when they were just learning about who I was as a CEO and, and as a person, I went to morning mass. I typically go to daily mass, and Father John that morning had talked about why the why do we Catholics think we're not supposed to evangelize? What, what is it with that? You know, all these other people are out there evangelizing. We're supposed to do it, too. And he says, anytime you get an opportunity to evangelize, you need to. And then I go into this casting interview, and this young man from uh, L.A., he says, you know, we know you're CEO. We know you work hard, but we want to know more about you. Who's Dina Dwyer Owens? What do you do before you go to the office? What do you do when you get home at night? And I thought, okay, I'm hearing it in my ear, <laughs> evangelize. <laughs> so I said, you know, quickly, um, well, you know, before I get out of bed in the morning, I count my blessings. I've got so much to be grateful for. And then I go down and make my son pancakes for breakfast. And then my husband comes down and we chat over the newspaper and, um, you know, talk about some meditational things that we're reading. And then I head to church. And this casting director says, you do what? I said, I go to church. And he said, why? And I said, why not? I need to be fed. And I'm not very good about sitting home and, and reading scripture and being quiet. I'm just not good at that. So I put myself in a place where I can get quiet and keep things in perspective. And he said, do you think we could follow you to church? And I said, well, I don't know. Let's ask. And sure enough, I'm so grateful um, mm -hmm. to Studio Lambert and to CBS for really allowing me to be me. And so one of the biggest lessons was, is, yes, we're always supposed to be evangelizing, not pushing our faith or our beliefs in other people, but doing our best to be transparent. Jim, you were kind by, by giving me that, that title at the beginning of the, uh, the episode here. Um, but just being, uh, as, as Matthew Kelly would say, the best version of ourselves and doing our best to, to be a light for others uh, and recognizing when we've made mistakes and admitting those. And I, I, what I found is that even though I thought maybe some of the viewers would have a real problem with me being so open about my faith, even some of our, maybe our own franchisees or employees might have uh, felt like, wow, Dina, that was kind of over the top. But instead, I had people thanking me, people who were not even Christian, thanking me for being willing to be open about who I really am. You know, I, just to speak to that, um, I would believe that a lot of that has to reflect back to the fact that you're one of the core values that you're working by and living by is respect. And you've probably shown a lot of respect to other people and therefore it's reciprocated. Don't you 
believe that that's a part of the process? I, I absolutely believe that. And if Jim's ready to challenge me on the beep game, I can tell you a quick story about <laughs> just how that how that does work. Well, Perfect. yeah, it, uh, that's. I mean, that I love that story because it was right after you guys acquired Harmon Auto Glass, and and I know about Harmon Auto Glass because I grew up in Minneapolis, and they were a, they were an auto glass company up that way, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and and it was. And you're introducing the core values, and you're telling people about the beep game. Go ahead and tell that story. Yeah. So when we came up with the new operationalized values, this was 20, gosh, 22 years ago now. Our founder passed away 23 years ago. Um, you know, one of the things that we did initially was we, we asked our employees to catch us doing something wrong. So we knew the only way the values would really work in an organization at that time, maybe 125 employees, was to get the buy-in of the entire team. So we laminated the, the values. We handed them out in a meeting, and we said, look, we think this is a solution to keeping our culture special, these new operationalized values, but they're new to all of us. So the six of us on the leadership team need your help. We want you to study these values, and anytime you catch us violating them over the next 90 days, we want your feedback. And the feedback came in the form of a simple beep. And I know it sounds silly, but it's amazing how powerful it was. First of all, the employees, even if they never really studied much in their life, boy, did they study these values because they <laughs> love the idea of catching us doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, you guys might remember the Roadrunner. You may be too young for that. but Oh, oh yeah. no. Are oh, you yeah. kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Roadrunner yeah, and Wiley Coyote? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. love that one. So for 90 days around this campus, it sounded like the Roadrunner was racing through our buildings. We did such a bad job at those values. And so this group that I met with, it was a town hall meeting with a bunch of new, new employees that we acquired with the Harmon acquisition. Um, I taught them about the code of values, and I, I w- took them through a mini, what we call a design your life class that we do with all of our new franchisees to help them get clarity about their futures. And, and then at the end, I opened it up for Q&A. And this one young man at the back of the room asked me a question. He was a, kind of a real smart aleck. And I responded in what I thought was just a very firm and frank manner. Two people in the room beeped me. Remember, I just met them about an hour earlier and told them the story about the beep game. And I said, why are you beeping me? And they said, because you were sarcastic. And I said, tell me more. And they said, here's what the young man said. Here's how you responded. And, and it came across as very sarcastic to us. I had never realized that I came across as sarcastic. And it was such a great eye-opener for me because it gave me the opportunity to apologize to that young man. I said, I didn't have any intention to be sarcastic with you. Please accept my apology. And this is in front of 60-something people. And he came back and he said, ma'am, I should have never asked the question with the attitude that I had. He said, well, I'm sorry, too. So your point, Martha, about when we hold ourselves accountable and we show mutual respect to others, it is amazing the respect it commands. Mm-hmm. When you let somebody know that um, you speak calmly and respectfully that profanity or that's what you try to do, it's amazing how people who maybe use profanity a lot <laughs> begin <laughs> to clean up their language when they're around you. It's just, mm-hmm. and they even admit it. They go, yep, I almost said the, uh, you know, whatever the word was. <laughs> and I caught myself because I know you don't appreciate that. And I'm not here to judge you. Um, you know, I, that's my attitude. I'm not here to judge you, but I really don't appreciate it. It does nothing for me. You know, as you guys live out these rich values, the, the values of, uh, of respect and integrity and customer focus and having fun, 
I imagine there's lots of great stories, and I really want to make sure that we, we talk some more about them. But I want to ask you one more question about the, the TV show because it really describes the organization. And I really wanted to highlight the Dwyer Group as an organization because you guys have this code of values that you want to live by. You're writing a book about it. You put, you put your whole life of the whole franchise organization out there in print for millions of people to read. Talk to me about what you learned about your franchises when you went undercover, because you could have, it could have been ugly or it could have been phenomenal. I mean, you didn't know what you're going to uncover. I mean, cause that wasn't, well, don't wreck the story. I don't want to know if they knew that ahead of time, but you didn't know ahead of time what you were going to uncover, right? I, I had no idea. In okay, fact, good, I had okay. to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement that I would not interfere at all in the process. That doesn't mean that, that other undercover bosses didn't interfere. I can't say whether they did or didn't. Um, I didn't have firsthand experience. It is hearsay. But there's no way. If I signed an agreement that said I'm not going to get in the middle of the process of understanding who I'd be meeting with, then I'm not going to get in the middle of it. So it was from one day to the next, I'd be flying out to the uh, location, and they would say, okay, so tomorrow you're going to work with a young lady named Tana Marino, who's a Mr. Appliance repair person. And that was a brand new introduction to me. I had no idea. I had no idea what kind of job I'd be doing. So it allowed me to really experience um, the journey, and, and it was all real. Uh, you know, reality TV is reality TV, so do they stage some of the stuff? Of course. They're not going to barge into your kitchen in the morning and while you're having breakfast. They tell you would like to come in while you're having breakfast with your family before you go off. Um, but in the case of meeting with the uh, what they call the contributors, I had no idea who'd be meeting with. Wow. And so what was the what was the greatest thing that you learned uh, uh, about your franchises in action? How conscien- conscientious they are of taking great care of the customer. I can't tell you how many times, and it didn't show up on the final um, episode, how many times those frontline team members when I was with them said, gosh, I hope the customer's going to love this. Gosh, I hope the customer's going to be happy with this. They were so concerned, and two of them, when I got in the vehicles with them, they pulled out their code of values cards. And the first thing they wanted to teach me about was the importance of leading with the values. They said, this is how we treat one another, and this is how we treat our customers. So I had to play dumb. That was really hard to play dumb about the values, but I was, gosh, I was elated sitting in the, you know, the passenger seat thinking, yes, this is what I was hoping we'd run into. Uh, well, and, and you, did not, you didn't have 100% compliance because you had that one guy no. you're riding in his pickup truck, and he was like, ah, that code of values. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was pretty that was hilarious. I loved how you handled that because I would I might have side smacked the guy or something. <laughs> We're talking today with Dina Dwyer Owens about her book, brand new book that's out called Values Inc. And it says how incorporating values into business and life can change the world. And Dina, we've talked about respect and uh, integrity. You've just displayed integrity the whole time, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on integrity because you just living out your faith and being true to your faith and being authentic. And and vulnerable really shows a high level of integrity. And because we're in the last segment of the show, there's two things I really want to talk about. But I want to thank you for your demonstration of integrity. You're living it out. Customer focus. There's so many companies that have lost that. They've lost the fact that the reason they're in business is because of us customers. <laughs> in fact, in Florida, it is not uncommon for us to call a 
a, a, a vendor of some sort and to leave a message saying, I'd like to buy from you and to never hear back from them at all. It is not uncommon. That never happened in Minnesota. So Now, not her franchises necessarily. No, no, I'm not talking the, your franchises. The culture. Or if I was, I would have told you before the show. because <laughs> The I culture of Yeah, it's just like, okay, yeah. well, you know, I'll get back to you. I don't really need your business. But, but we want that feedback, too, though. The only way we can make it better is if we know that there's been a bad customer experience. Because believe mm. me, with 2,800 franchisees, we are not perfect. There's going to be those opportunities. Anyways, so if anybody so, does have an issue, we do want to know about it. Let's make it right. Well, and, and I, that's why I love that. So really, and I'm hearing throughout all of this, is that really transparency and vulnerability are underlying core values for you. Because even the conversation you had with that gentleman that asked a sarcastic type question, um, you didn't get defensive. You said, tell me more. What did you hear? And so mm. being very vulnerable vulnerable as a leader um, goes a long ways with all of this. And so I just want to encourage you with that because I love it. It's fantastic. Mark, I lo- Go ahead. I'm just going to say it creates trust. You know, yes. if you've ever really trusted someone, um, my guess is their characteristics were that you could always um, know that they were going to own a mistake when they made one and uh, have no problem being humble about it. And that's what it creates trust, and it's difficult to, to get trust, and it's uh, really hard to get it back once you've lost it. So yeah. uh, all the leaders out there, they're all leaders that are listening. Uh, just remember, people appreciate when you're vulnerable and you're willing to, to own a mistake much more than trying to cover it up or hide it. And that is, if, if we could all learn just that one lesson, the world would be upside down if everybody, just if everybody going to church, not even everybody that's a Christ follower, if everybody going to church would just be vulnerable and and honest and authentic, man, it would change the world. But as Christ followers, we've got that opportunity every day as we go to work to recognize it as our mission field. And that's what you've really done. You've taken your mission field, these franchisees, 2,800 franchisees, and you've you've created a code of values that will help them live it out each and every day to really bring glory to God, whether they want to or not, because they're living out kingdom values. Isn't that true? It is. You know, we're, we're a franchise family. We're not just a business here. Uh, we really are a family of employees and franchisees who truly care about one another, but care about our customers. You guys were talking about customer focus earlier, and, you know, we... I wouldn't be sitting here today as co-chair if it weren't for our customers. And, you know, we first have to take great care of our employees. We think about them as internal customers. And then they take great care of our franchisees. And then they take great care of the end-user customer. And it's just, a, it's just a beautiful thing, right, when everybody's treating people with respect and dignity, how in, in a business situation in particular, the profits always seem to follow when you do those things well. When you do the right thing. So talk to me about doing the right thing under customer focus. There's a story that brought me to tears about Sam, a guy that's one of your franchise owners with Grounds Guys, or one of the guys that works at Grounds Guys, and his interaction with Darla. Well, uh, Sam was a, yeah, a, he's a groundskeeper for one of our franchisees and was working at a nursing home every week, um, you know, doing the lawn care. And there was a, an elderly lady um, with some health issues who was put into a nursing home and, and learned that she had about four months to live. And so she kind of accepted, you know, this was going to be the end of her, her time, and she was very sad and very lonely, didn't have family, you know, coming to visit her. And yet Sam 
noticed her looking out the window one day. You know, she's sitting in her little nursing home room, looking out the window, sad as could be. And Sam walked, you know, not walks by. He probably rode by one of those zero-turn lawnmowers that I wasn't right. very good at. But he was probably going straight, though. He was probably going straight, yeah, yeah. right? Oh, he had it under control, I am sure. And, and he waves at her. And she smiles back. And before you know it, she's there every week when she knows he's going to be there. And then she asks the nurse, can you take me out on the front porch? And then Sam begins to talk to her, and they build this relationship, and she decides she's going to take her treatments because she has hope now. People that show care provide hope, even for those that are dying. And it was a year later um, that she finally got to the stage in her life where it was just time for her to go, and she asked two things of her family, and one of those was to wear her grand guy's T-shirt uh, as she was being buried because mm-hmm. that bright yellow T-shirt meant joy to her. And love to her, um, and so Sam, he he made us all cry. I mean, what a story! Wow. But this, you know, this is Sam. But multiply that times tens of thousands of frontline team members that we have out there every day in the field, doing very hard work in the hot yeah. and in the cold. But they're doing it because they love taking care of the customers. Mm. It was a great. I mean, it was that story could be a movie. That was. I mean, it that was so that was. Sweet. I really love that. So. Talk to me about having fun. As we close out the show today, we've got a few minutes left. A lot of companies, that's not, that doesn't even come close to being part of their core values or code of values or however you want to put it. Having fun. How do you encourage your franchisees and even your home office workers to have fun at work? <laughs> well, I just sent a tweet out earlier because a lot of our team members are now decorating. There's a big Christmas decorating contest going on all over our campuses. And, you know, so we've got the um, oh Polar Express train being built right in our lobby downstairs. And then on the other end, we're five-star painting. It's, I think it's the redneck Christmas going on down there. So uh, <laughs> you know, everything from, I guess, the toilet bowl to who knows what else is in their hallway. Oh, so word. they're just having a blast uh, decorating for Christmas. So fun can be everything from those kinds of activities and organization, you know, lightening up and enjoying life, not wasting a lot of time on that. We have to be productive and we have to serve our customers and our franchisees, but it's okay to loosen up a little bit and and enjoy the season. Um, And and another way you could define fun is giving bonus checks out. Mm. You want to have some joy in your life? I mean, this is the season. And I think about how wonderful it is when, when we um, give bonuses to our team members and we reward them because without them we wouldn't be able to, to have the organization. We're not just a company. We're, we're a living and breathing organism here at Dwyer, and it takes everybody to help us be successful, from the, the lady who's our director of first impressions answering the phone to the franchisees and their frontline team members out in the field. So uh, in my mind, gosh, handing out bonuses is a lot of fun, too. So there's so many ways to define fun. We didn't even dare to try to say, okay, like we did with respect and integrity and customer focus, we defined what we meant by those. But having fun just needs to be moral and ethical. But remember, uh, as leaders, always incorporate fun into your lives. If you're not running an organization, at home with your kids, get out there and play in the snow or go jump in the leaves. You know, don't just go home and get right to homework and dinner and bath and kind of the old routine. Surprise your family. <laughs> you know, go spend 30 minutes doing something different and, and having fun in your life. Life's too short not to enjoy it. Talk to me about one of those times. How old are your kids now? Because I know in the episode they're oh, all getting older. Are there any yeah, of them living at home yet? 
our snow. Our son Mikey just got married to a beautiful um, young lady, Angel, uh, October 15th on my mother's birthday. And our daughter Danny is about to be engaged to a wonderful young man, Judd. Um, And she's 27 in December, so this month, this Friday, um, she'll be turning 27. So we just have um, just amazing, uh, God's blessed us with amazing children. What is the and most... an amazing husband? Of course, yeah, okay. get that in there. Get that in there because he may <laughs> yeah. listen to the podcast later on, and you don't even know. Talk to me about well, what's yeah. the what is the most just upside down fun thing you've done is you've come into the offices and people know that they obviously know that you're intense and and authentic and vulnerable, but you've got intensity in you. What's the most fun thing that you just threw everybody in upside down when you came in and did it? Oh gosh, probably when I sat in the um, dunking booth. So we have like a pre-Fourth of July picnic out in the parking lot, and we have barbecue and games, and we invite the employees, typically get to invite their family members to join us, and they needed some uh, volunteers for the dunking booth. And I really don't like for my hair to be wet in front of employees. (laughs) I get that. I was like a a drowned rat, Martha. You can appreciate this. So that probably was a pretty upside-down thing, and I've done some really stupid stuff, though. I've gone on stage and played the drums when I really didn't belong on stage playing the drums. <laughs> Just stepping out there. I guess that word vulnerability mm-hmm. uh, shows up again. You've got to sometimes be silly and be right. willing to, to get out there and, and just be silly. Dina, tell people one more time how they can find out more about the franchises that you guys offer. Yes, if they would just come to my website at dinadwyerowens.com, and it's D-I-N-A-D-W-Y-E-R, Owens with an S, dot com. So there's franchise information. There's a free download of what I call the Create Your Culture Workbook, which is a complement to the Values, Inc. book. So I would say get the Values, Inc. book and then download the Create Your Culture Workbook for free. Awesome. Dina Dwyer Owens, thanks for being on iWork Room today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Keep up the God Thank work. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to I Work Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.